Welcome to Nefarious New York. I'm Allison. And I'm Meredith. All right, so let's just get started with this case. All right, we'll get started because we have nothing to say. Nothing. What did you bring me today? Because I'm, I it's it's looking, the only thing I'm seeing is some text and it's looking like there's some interesting stuff that's going to go on. Am I right or wrong? I think it's interesting. That's why I brought it to you. Okay. And uh, it's not my favorite because there's not resolution. I don't mind those sometimes because it leaves it open for debate. So let's see. So tell me who we're talking about. Okay. So we're talking about Audrey May Turk Heron. She was born October 4th, 1970. She had a daughter from her first marriage, Sonsia. She then got divorced, and in 1998, she was remarried, and Audrey and Jeff, her new husband, had their first child together, Katie. Okay. In 1999, it is said that Audrey was planning on leaving Jeff, and this was because, and this is just from other people talking, it was because Jeff did not treat Audrey's first daughter well, but later on, Sonsia said that Jeff was harsh with her at times, but... She felt like he was a good stepfather overall, so she didn't really harbor any ill will about that. Well, Audrey and Jeff reconciled. They did end up staying together, and she had her second child, Quinn, in 2000. So soon after this, the couple moved to Freehold, New York, which is in Greene County, and that's upstate. It's about 130 miles north of the city, New York Mm -hmm. City, and they had lived in Coxsackie before that. Yep, which is up there in New York. Yeah, both up there, yeah. Yes. So they began building their dream home on a golf course that Jeff's father owned. So we're going to jump to 2002, and at this point, Audrey is 31. Okay. On August 29th, 2002, Audrey was at work at the Columbia Green Long-Term Health Care Facility. She worked there as a part-time nurse. She was just given a raise, so she called Jeff at 9.30 p.m. to let him know. She was excited about getting some more money for the family. Right. And her shift ended at 11 p.m. So I'm I'm assuming that the times here are important. She was last seen by coworkers walking to her 1994 black Jeep Grand Cherokee in the parking lot of her office. One coworker said that Audrey drove behind her for a while after leaving the office, you know, they both left at the same time and her car was behind hers for a bit. Mm -hmm. So the drive from Audrey's work to home was about 12 to 15 miles, which could take about 20 minutes. Right. On the night of the 29th, the weather was rainy and foggy. So this may have added time on, or Audrey may have taken a different route home to avoid driving on dangerous mountain roads. Now, I know this from just, we have a house past here, but up the mountain. If the weather's not good, we take a different way, which adds like 10 minutes on. Okay, makes sense. So it it could have happened. If she took any different route, it would have taken her about 30 minutes to get home. Either way, by 2 a.m., she should have been home. Jeff had gone to bed earlier and woke up for some reason around 2 a.m. And now we're on the morning of August 30th. He said that he decided to do some dishes which I think is, I think is strange, but whatever. And he did notice that Audrey wasn't home, but thought that maybe she took an extra shift or stayed somewhere else for the night because of the driving conditions. So he just went back to bed. I know, but is, don't you think that's kind of strange? Like, wouldn't she call if she was 
going to be late or staying somewhere else. Like I just know being married, if I were coming home from work and it was late at night and maybe decided to stay somewhere else, I would call Glenn. Otherwise, he'd have a heart attack. Well, not Jeff. He just went back to bed. And the only thing I'm going to say, I mean, I do understand the not calling and all that is an issue. Mm -hmm. So her first daughter and her mother, Audrey's mother and Audrey's daughter, were coming back that night from a month-long trip to Florida. He could have thought that she would have gone straight there after work to see her daughter and stay at her mom's. Yeah. But why wouldn't she have told him that? She could have told him that, though. Right. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm not judging everybody's relationship is different. Everybody's marriage is different. But especially coming home that late, like Glenn, Glenn gets mad at me if I leave at, you know, 530 and I'm home 15 minutes late. Like he'll get mad and say, why didn't you call me? And especially coming home late, late at night like that. Right. All right, well, let's see where it goes. Well, as you're thinking it's strange, Audrey's friends were suspicious because they say Jeff was very possessive and needed to know where Audrey was at all times. He would call her relentlessly if he couldn't get in touch with her. So Mm. him just going back to bed when she wasn't home at 2 a.m. struck people that knew them as odd. Yeah, I think it's odd. And I don't know them. (laughs) Well, as I said, Shirley's Audrey's mother. So I said Audrey's mother... She had spoken to Audrey the day before she came home, so the 29th, to discuss when she would pick her daughter up. Audrey told her mother that she would get Sonsia after a morning doctor appointment on the 30th. At around 6.30 a.m., Jeff called Shirley, who is Audrey's mother. He asked if Audrey was there, and it would not have been totally unusual for Audrey to sleep at her mother's home. Shirley told him that she wasn't there, and I saw reported that Jeff didn't offer any additional information. Like, he didn't say, oh, she didn't come home last night, so I'm looking for her. Right. He just asked if she was there. She said no. He got off the phone. He does call back at around 7 a.m., and this time he tells her that Audrey did not come home from work. Then he called Audrey's stepmother, who used to work in law enforcement, and she reported Audrey missing at around 10 a.m. Later on, Jeff called some of Audrey's friends looking for her, and one of her friends said that she got a voicemail from Jeff at 1 p.m., and he said, Hi, Karina, it's Jeff Heron. We're having trouble locating Audrey. If you've heard from her, please call me. Thank you. This friend said that he didn't sound concerned or worried at all. That's just you know, her listening to this voicemail. She said it also struck her as odd that Jeff didn't call her earlier since Audrey had spent the night at her house in the past. I don't, I'm not trying to judge their relationship, but she seems to have frequently stayed at other people's houses. I I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that. Like it's not unusual for her to stay at her. It would be unusual if I stayed at my mom's for a night. Yeah, it would be unusual if I stayed at your house for a night. Yeah. I mean, it's... It wouldn't be something that everyone would be like, oh, yeah, no, she does that all the time. Right. And then, you know, the clock is ticking here. Right. So that's what this friend said, knowing... You know, 6 a.m., 7, 8, 9, 10, like, I would be on the phone like a mad woman. Well, now it's 1 p.m., right? And he's calling her friends. So her friends start to all figure out that this is a big issue and very alarming. So they start to look for her along her usual route home. They're thinking maybe that her car went off the road and she's injured and can't get help. 
because of the driving conditions. So they go doing their own search and they don't find anything. They made and started handing out flyers, which you see a lot when someone goes missing. Yeah. And what is he doing? He was not helping with that kind of stuff. And he does have an explanation. So going forward, he's not super present in any of the media search effort type of things, like keeping her name out there, because he said he just didn't want to keep revisiting the pain of it. And he wanted to keep the little kids away from all of it. So he just tried to keep everything as normal and relaxed. Not buying it. But again, uh, who knows? So, okay. They didn't find anything. They didn't find her. They started handing out the flyers. I find it crazy that they didn't find the car. So the police sent out a, a bolo, be on the lookout for Audrey and her Jeep Grand Cherokee. The police searched all the routes she could have taken that night. There were many helicopter searches to locate the vehicle and mm-hmm. bodies of water were drained. Dogs were brought in to search and they just found nothing. And over the years, the area was searched and researched over, over a dozen the years. Times. Okay. Over so the years. Wow. Okay. So Audrey did have a cell phone that she kept in her car at all times. Unfortunately, the police couldn't trace the phone because it was either turned off, destroyed or disconnected. Mm. reports claim that the police found Audrey's purse at her home. That's weird. Now, to me, just my interpretation, that seems odd. If she's going to work... Absolutely. She would have her purse. Yes. So then that asks the question of, did she make it home that night and something happened there? Or did something happen to her somewhere else and for some reason, the purse was brought back to the house. Right. I mean, that's very suspicious. Yeah, things are starting to smell fishy. Mm-hmm. It was in 2002, as I said. So there were surveillance cameras, but not as many as there are today. The police did look into that, and they did get some really grainy footage of, they think, Audrey's car when she would have left work, like leaving the parking lot. I mean, they're not 100% sure it's hers because it's such bad quality, but that's basically all they have. Well, and didn't someone say they were driving behind her? No, she was driving behind a coworker, and then they turned off, you know, for like five minutes and then they turned their way and she kept going her way. Right. But I'm just saying if they saw the car, I mean, this this coworker is saying that she was at work, right? And then she left. Right. So uh, the other thing is if I forgot my purse at home I would tell people like oh my god I forgot my purse so the purse thing to me is very suspicious yeah that's very very weird I would mention I'd be like oh my god I'm such an idiot I forgot my purse if he is involved here why the heck did he not hide her purse well that's like the other genius Watts all her stuff was there right right her phone everything I'm like right buddy yeah, I know. It's it's okay. All right. So what do we have going on here? So we're going to try to throw out some theories as to what people think happened. And that's going to be all we have. There's theories, no okay. resolution. So theories. So I already mentioned and alluded to the fact that Jeff was controlling, but this is not how he acted that night. And we touched on that. He didn't search mm-hmm. for her himself either. His family didn't. And 
Audrey's friends say that he was not emotionally overcome by her disappearance. But I did see an interview where Audrey's mother said that Jeff was distraught when she was missing. So if her mother is kind of backing him up on that, yeah, I got to give it a little, a little weight. A little clap, but right. Okay. News outlets, police, and friends all claimed that during the initial investigation, Jeff was not very cooperative. But he says he, he cooperated. Another little sticking point is that Jeff's family had a lot of money, and he did contribute monetarily to the search for his wife, but he only contributed a thousand dollars. Okay. So that's kind of like just to say you did it, but not, not very good. About two months after Audrey disappeared, Jeff was contacted by the Montel Williams show to come on and talk about Audrey's disappearance, but he declined. And that's going to go back to him not wanting to draw attention to himself and his children. I could maybe understand that. Well, I I could, but you also want people to see her face just Uh, in case she turns up somewhere. So the more publicity, the better, I think. Uh, So that's what Audrey's, Audrey's friends were upset about that. And the show contacted them about 10 months after Audrey disappeared. And they did go on the show. They used it as an opportunity to get her case out to the public and hopefully get some new leads. In 2017, Crime Watch Daily attempted to talk to Jeff at his home, and he declined. But Ron, Jeff's father, was interviewed, and during the segment, he commented that he felt his son was not involved whatsoever, and that Audrey and her vehicle could have been crushed, or her or her car could have been put into a shipping container and sent somewhere. What? So those were like his two... Now, I watched the interview. It, it, me reading it to you makes him sound like a fool, I think. But he's... I mean, he's sort of making sense. And yeah, he I mean, yes, genuine. Is it po- yeah, is it possible? Yeah. Well, because you're thinking, where did this car go? Right. I still haven't found right. the car. And this is... 2015 years later, they still haven't fa- found this right. car anywhere. And, and absolutely, the car obviously was sent somewhere or destroyed because they can't find it. So it's it's not that his his explanation is far fetched. It's it's more like okay, that could be a possibility, but who did it? <laughs> well, it was also reported. Here's another bit of Jeff info. Uh, It was reported that the police department did a lie detector test on Jeff. Now, they won't talk about that on the record, but this was what the report said, that it came back inconclusive. Now, it's said that Ron, Jeff's father, pulled him out of the test while it was in the process, and that's why it came, came back inconclusive. But Jeff also allowed authorities to search his property at least three times. He was super cooperative with that. And we're going to go back to Audrey's first daughter, Sonsia, who was not biologically related to Jeff. She is Mm -hmm. very defensive of him and believes that he is innocent and that he had nothing to do with it. Okay. And what is a reason a husband would kill his wife? Give me your top three. Um, money. Okay. That's it. So There doesn't seem to be any monetary reason for Jeff to want to kill Audrey. She did not have life insurance, and he would have gotten no money from her dying. And, as I said, his father was always very rich and wealthy, 
And Jeff himself had a lot of money and never struggled with finances. So that kind of rules the money thing out. But if there was something going on in the relationship, there's other reasons for... No, no, I know. But that's right. that one can be kind of explained away. Right. But he was never actually made a suspect, but they, they haven't ruled him out either. Okay. Now, there's another interesting little theory that the Russian mob was involved. Well, I was going to say, how do they get their money? Well, they own the golf course. So the okay. golf course that Jeff's father owned was also where Jeff and Audrey were beginning to build their new home. Mm-hmm. And the golf course was owned by his father. And there was a silent partner who was a Russian national involved in organized crime. And that was kind of researched by the police after the fact and confirmed. Now, Jeff claims that Audrey walked into an argument among the Russian partner, Jeff's father and Jeff about them wanting to evict the Russian from the property for some reason. I don't know. Okay. So it could have just been that she was in the wrong place. At the, I don't know why they would target her. Why would they not kill Jeff too? Or the right. father? I don't know why they would target her. So this next explanation me maybe makes more sense to me with the Russian mob involvement. Um, it's claimed that Jeff's father, Ron, owed that partner a lot of money and that he wasn't able to pay it back and that killing Audrey was a warning to pay up. Mm-hmm. So Jeff seems to put stock into this theory, but he then continued to work at the golf course with the Russian partner. So I don't know. Uh, well, does he have a choice? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. So he seems to lean towards that. But if he is leaning towards that, right? Mm-hmm. And he is becoming suspicious and he's saying that wouldn't they just get rid of him? I would think so. Okay. So there was also a rumor that a maintenance man who worked at the healthcare facility that she worked at had been a little like flirty towards Audrey and she was kind of nice and receptive about it at first, but then he got a little like inappropriate and she kind of told him to back off. Mm -hmm. So they did look into that and nothing came from it. Hmm. And also in 2016, a tip came in about a man. So his sister called in this tip. The mother worked at the same health care facility. Audrey's mother? Shirley? No, 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 no. The mother of this boy. This man. Oh, okay. Okay. So the mother works at the health care facility with Audrey. Her son visits the mom. And the sister said he took an interest in Audrey. She called in a a tip to just look into him. And he had a criminal history of rape and attempted kidnapping. Hmm. The tip included that Audrey's body could be at his property. And they drained the pond. They searched. They brought in the cadaver dogs. And there was nothing found. So that one, I I kind of, I mean, just because they didn't find anything at his property doesn't mean he didn't do it. Right. If his sister's calling it in. Here's my problem. Well, there's a couple of things, right? So if let's let's look at the the Russian mob theory. So if he goes on Montel Williams and he, you know, tries to make more out of this, then they're going to be after him, right? Oh, you're right. You're right. So he's got to be careful. But if it is 
let's say that a maintenance man or, or somebody else, wouldn't he actively be trying to find out like who did it and hey, this guy did it? I just I, I find it suspicious that he's not going above and beyond and is the reason why he's not going above and beyond is because there's a little bit more interaction with the Russian mob than he wants to say or admit. But yeah, maybe he's been threatened or is afraid or was being told not to go out and make a big deal. Right. Hmm. Interesting. That's why I like you going in blind. Mm-hmm. Because I did not think of that. Right. Well, he's got to, again, he's got to cooperate, but he can't cooperate too much. Otherwise, his life is in jeopardy. Okay. I mean, that's a theory, right? It's a theory. Also, a theory or super logical was, and what her friends thought was a car accident. Mm-mm. But- they searched that area so many times, nothing ever came up. So no, the police no don't car accident, it. no car accident. The only other thing I can think of is, did she purposely leave? Well, that's the final theory or the final question, right? Did Audrey leave willingly? So there's no indication that she did. She loved her job and she got the, the raise, the increase in her I pay. don't mean that. I don't mean that. I mean, could... She have left because she was fearing the Russian mob. And does the husband know that? And maybe she had to get away. My only problem with that theory is she didn't leave with her pocketbook. She didn't leave with, right. you know what I'm saying? But that no, is... I don't know about that. I mean, there's a little bit to her leaving w- willingly, right? We can't figure out why she would. She loved her job. She just got well. Of a course, pay there increase. is. She if she walked kids. in, if she walked in on a conversation that she was not supposed to be part of, does she now have to disappear? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And does her husband know this, but he can't say it? It has nothing to do with liking her job or anything like that. It has to do with fearing for her life. If she walks in on a conversation that she's not supposed to hear, that's an interesting take on it Mm -hmm. I don't know where Audrey is or what happened but we can say pretty much that she didn't probably didn't leave willingly just to start a new life she didn't get in a car accident so there's those other theories and the police are just waiting for you know they're like we just need one bit of information that that sends us down the right path right so I just want to say Audrey's description and the information that is listed about her. She's described as a Caucasian female, five feet tall, 106 pounds, dark blonde hair, and hazel eyes. So she would now be, she was 31 at the time in 2002. She would be 50. She had been known to wear eyeglasses. She had a scar on her right thumb. She was last seen wearing a blue turtleneck, dark green medical scrubs, and a necklace that said number one mom. The car said was a black 1994 Jeep Grand Cherokee, New York license plate, number X233UV. These cases are very frustrating for me because I like uh, closure. Yeah. I liked it wrapped up at the end. But we also have to do these that aren't resolved. Absolutely. I just, I would like to know a little bit more about this Russian mob association. See, and I think it's the son of her co-worker. Oh, before I forget, both of her daughters. So mm-hmm. she had two girls and one boy. Quinn was a boy. Both daughters are nurses, kind of in her honor. 
The problem is, yes, I, I think that the co-worker son is, is a possibility as well. It's just the complete disappearance of the car that, you know, and sending cadaver dogs and, and you know, finding nothing. And I mean, where would he have gotten rid of the car? Where would he? I mean, is he smart enough to completely get rid of a vehicle? If I had known a little bit more detail in that, you know, mm. it, it's, it's very hard to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's limited information. I don't necessarily, you know, it's funny. In the beginning, I'm saying, oh, it, it could be him. And then as the theories come up and more information comes up, I'm less likely to think it's him. But I am a little bit more likely to say that he knows more than what he's saying. Right. That's interesting. That's an, I didn't see that like line of reasoning anywhere. You're so unique. Well, I'm a weirdo. What do you want? But it just, but I, I did, my brain didn't go there. My brain stayed on him, right? It wasn't like open to other interpretations. It was like, it has to be him. I just want to say quickly I think we should have another episode out next week, but then possibly not the week after because I'm away that whole week. Who the hell said you could go on vacation? Mm-hmm. Shit. So I'm away the 14th to the 21st. So if we if we get it done, we get it done. If we don't, um, you know, maybe we'll put one out in the middle of that week instead. Okay. We'll figure well, it out. We're just going to have to be flaky about it. Would you like to sing us out? Um, sure I would. Nefarious New York.